Hey, how's it going, baseball fans? And welcome to another episode of Passion for the Pastime, a baseball podcast. And I am your host, the one, the only, often imitated but never... Walter Icavalceta, and thank you guys for joining in. I had to do that little genie drop. Uh, he does it better than me, Robin Williams, RIP. But uh, let's get into baseball, guys. We had a exciting uh, weekend of baseball as as per usual. You know, there's always something else going on every single weekend. But this weekend, it was a little bit special because we had the uh, London Series kickoff in um, Wembley Stadium. It was amazing. It was I mean, well, <laughs> if you ask me, uh, I think there was a little bit too, it wasn't baseball. It was too much runs going on uh, to the point to where I was I was sitting there. I was at work and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to watch this first inning real quick. Uh, so I started watching the first inning and, you know, the, I thought it was going to be, you know, per usual, like 20 minutes per half inning so, or, or probably per inning. Uh, and nope, the time kept going, kept going. Yankees kept scoring, Yankees kept scoring. Uh, it took, I want to say it was 30 minutes or 45 minutes for the, for the Red Sox to record the first out. Uh, let me tell you. So the Yankees, they, they dropped a crooked number, a six spot in the top of the first inning at Wembley stadium. Um, it was insane. Uh, Aaron Hicks, he hit the first home run internationally, and this was a big deal. I mean, it was the first game, first Major League Baseball game to be played in Europe. Uh, so Aaron Hicks, he hit the first home run, and, you know, it came no surprise there was going to be a lot of home runs, but, I mean, damn, the first inning? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so there there you go for, for the first half of the inning. It's not even done yet. So then the Boston gets their turn, and it's 6-0, Yankees, and Boston gets their turn, and they answer back with the sixth spot. So it's like, literally, we wasted an hour, uh, because that's how long the first inning went. It went one full hour uh, before anything was decided, um, or not even decided, before we went on to the second inning. So we wasted an hour of time just to essentially get back Two zero zero because it was six to six going into the second. So, <laughs> I mean, man, that was that was insane. Uh, the ball was just going all over the place. I don't know, you know, talking about the different balls to uh, to uh, you know make it more exciting, more home runs, more power, more exit velocity. Uh, the ball doesn't slow down when it's going on its path anymore. I don't know what's going on with the balls. I'm not a scientist, but. Uh, you know, that first inning was, it, it was kind of crazy, you know. So the people in Europe, I mean, I hope you guys watch baseball on a regular basis because uh, if you don't, you may have gotten spoiled in that first inning, uh, the first ever inning in Europe. There was 12 runs scored, and it took one hour. That, and, and you want to complain, a lot of people complain, oh, baseball is too slow, baseball takes too long. Okay, well, that that just took an hour. I don't know how long the whole game went. It seemed like the game was was on all day, to be honest, because it started. I want to say it started at uh, nine o'clock, or it might it may have started at ten ten o five. I think it was ten o five, and I mean the game didn't end until maybe I don't know four o'clock. <laughs> like, that's our time. I don't I don't know what time it ended, but it was just a long long game. Uh, the final score in the first game, they dropped uh, 30 points. 
They dropped 30 points in the first game uh, in in Europe, and it was 17 to 13. Yankees came out on top, and the second game. Uh, let me pull this up real quick, but I'm pretty sure that it was 12 to eight uh, in that second game. So in total, if my math is correct, the Yankees and the Red Sox scored 50 runs in London in two games, two games. Okay, there was a that has to be the most runs scored in a two game series uh, because that was that was crazy. Um, the who was it? It was the it was the Rockies and another team. I forget who it was. Was it the Braves? It was the Rockies and someone else. Obviously, the Rockies in Colorado. Uh, they broke they broke a record for the most runs scored in a series at I want to say it was 92, 92. Um, but I even want to say that that was a four-game series. So, I mean, the Yankees and the Red Sox, they scored more than half of that in a two-game stretch. So, <laughs> I don't i don't know what the hell was going on in Europe. Uh, Wembley Stadium, that was the first time, actually, in the entire history of the Yankees and the Red Sox that they've played on turf. Um, so, I don't know if that had something to do with it. I mean, DJ LeMahieu tried to make some diving catches. But the ball just skipped right past him in the mid-dive. Mid he was like, whoa, I'm not getting that. That was super – I didn't time that well. So, so it, maybe it was the turf. Uh, but, I mean, there was a lot of home runs hit. I, want, I think it was six home runs in that first game alone. Uh, but the Yankees they ended up winning those two games and um, reigning supreme over the NLE – or ALE, excuse me, over the, over the Red Sox. So um, that was great. It was a great series, some great series uh, going on overseas, and and the Yankees and the Red Sox weren't the only teams uh, traveling long distances this past weekend. In fact, joining the podcast this week, I have a very special guest. Uh, he's traveling the states, uh, thir- thirty parks in two months. You can follow him on Instagram, Coach B Crazy. Uh, he's a PE teacher out of. Colorado and Denver. That's where the dirt journey all began. Brian Barrett. How you doing, Brian? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. So uh where are you at right now, Brian? Uh somewhere in Oregon near Portland. Okay. I'm trying to get to Seattle. Nice. Yep. So so is that your next stop? <laughs> yeah, Seattle's the next stop. Uh I just got my tickets yesterday actually. <laughs> nice. Uh yeah. So you got. So I you got. To, mm-hmm. I talked to the Seattle uh, Community Relations Department uh, this morning, and uh, they're going to hook me up with a free parking pass. Nice. Which was very good of them. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. Um, when you when you were out at the park, uh, when when we met at uh at uh AT, or it is it was AT and T Park. I still get uh crossed up trying right. to call it Oracle, but. Uh, at Oracle Park, when you were there for the Giants Brewers, uh, we actually had you on KMBR. Um, so how was that? Have you have you uh, met with other radio stations out in the areas when you've been traveling? I have been on a few radio stations. I'm trying to communicate with each team's uh, flagship station. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they respond, sometimes I get nothing. And <laughs> I just have to keep politely asking. Right, uh, right. And if Nothing happens, and oh well. And if they let me get on, awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my point of getting on air and, and platform for this trip is 
raising awareness of five different sports-focused nonprofits that I'm directly connected with. Okay. And if it wasn't for the nonprofits, I probably wouldn't try to get on radio because I'm kind of like a homebody type of person that doesn't really want all the attention right. on radio and whatnot. So my point of seeking radio opportunities is to share about the trip and communicate of the passion of the sport and, and enjoying the sport of baseball with other fans while being able to share nonprofits that you, most people have probably never heard of. Right. Yeah, I know that 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 passion, man. Uh, you know, my my podcast passion for the pastime. So I love baseball. Grew up loving it. Uh, what what really drives it home for you? Like, when did it start? And uh, who introduced you to the game of baseball? So baseball has always been around. Uh, it was the type of sport that you can play as a kid without a lot of contact. <laughs> right, like right. Right. Uh, I grew up in a football town central georgia um but my dad he uh he was a tennis coach at the high school uh a small town called fort valley georgia it's like maybe 10 15 000 people uh and so i grew up in a sports family where that's all we do when you're not sitting around on your butt at home you're out playing something or or playing in the yard or riding speedboard or bicycle or something active. Right, uh, right. Baseball itself, I got into it and T-ball, you know, parents were like, oh, let's try to see if they like T-ball. And I love T-ball. And we actually won that first year of me playing T-ball. We won that recreational league championship. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, this is amazing. We win championships. <laughs> this is cool. Right. I'm like six years old. <laughs> so that, that, that um, definitely helped, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I kept playing in the same like recreation league in the local county for about uh, seven years or so. Okay. Uh, and then when I got middle school, uh, I tried uh, getting with the baseball team in the middle school. And uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, didn't make the team. And at the time, I was very active in tennis still right. and soccer. And unfortunately, where I'm from in the spring in high school, all three sports that I like to play are baseball, tennis, and soccer are in the same season. Right. So I could only pick one. Right. And I picked tennis because I knew I was going to be able to play every game and not sit on the bench, so to speak. Uh, if I had played baseball. Right. Uh, so, uh, when I got to college, I got into the whole intramural uh, realm of things, and that was fun, because, hey, you get to kind of play baseball softball-wise. Right. And uh, when I moved out to Colorado, I uh, continued to play with uh, intramural softball leagues, within the city and church leagues and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, that that's awesome. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get involved in uh in those out here as well. Um, there's tons of leagues out here in California, so I'm just definitely trying to trying to get back to it because I used to play uh, high school or uh, I used to play baseball uh, growing up. I started probably when I was maybe six, maybe even younger than that. 
but my earliest memories, you know, I was in the backyard with my dad. He'd toss me some softballs, and I'd just try to crank it over the fence, you know. Um, so, so that's <laughs> just. <laughs> so no, so then, uh, so then, yeah, that that love for it. I just started playing uh, junior giants. Um, you know, being that I'm from the Bay Area, and that was kind of like a a community outreach thing that the Giants were doing that I loved and that kind of introduced me even more to the game of baseball. Uh, my coach would like make us watch the game and like take notes, like what position we played. So in my time that I grew up, uh, it was when I was watching it, it was more like 97, 98 around that time period with the Giants. So we had Barry Bonds and all that, but I played first base and my actual uh, favorite baseball player uh growing up as a kid was jt snow because i'd have to sit there and watch uh jt snow field field the ball and all that kind of stuff and just how he did things um and that's all credit to you know how i grew up and and uh junior giants organization and all that and, and that love that i had uh you know as a kid it just still is is inside me today which i'm sure uh, you know, it's, it sure seems like it's still inside of you too. Cause I mean, if you didn't have the passion and the drive for the for the sport of baseball, uh, I don't think that you'd be doing what you're doing right now. The 30 parks in, uh, in two months. Uh, well, the whole trip itself, it's not just because I like baseball. I just like traveling. I have a travel bug. I've been to 22 countries. Uh, most of them were, were nonprofit work and a few have been just for fun. Uh, most recently because I have the means to ability and then I'm able to pay for myself and right. do whatever I want on my own timetable. So I like traveling. I like communicating and networking with people. I love meeting people different parts of the world and getting to see them again to check up and catch up and everything. So I'm getting to do all this while I also go see baseball. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. That's definitely awesome. So, so do you have a lot of pit stops along the way, uh, like people that you know? Yeah. So, just like I mentioned earlier, last night I have a friend that lives outside of Bend, Oregon, and I have a friend that lives in Sacramento, and I got to see them. I went to the Padres game. I got to go to the game with a friend of mine from Denver who moved there. So that's where that's where everything uh, started in in Denver, Colorado, with your trip. Um, I saw in that. Denver, yeah. Yeah, I saw that your first one. It was the it was the Rockies against the Blue Jays. Um, so, are you are you a Rockies fan, by the way? No, right? I will root for the Rockies when they're not playing the Braves. I grew up born and raised on the Braves. Okay, nice. So I was I was born and raised like from '91 to 2005, like those Braves. I grew up as a kid in Central Georgia with those right. teams. Right. So you're so you're um, a huge Chipper Jones fan then. I root for Chipper Jones. I like John Smoltz more. Oh, okay, okay. I can respect that. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that that Chipper Jones swing is yeah. will strike you out as a little league kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Ch- Chipper Jones, man. Uh, you know, he he was. I recently did a poll um, or a survey, I guess, on you know current or or your fa- your favorite players that you've seen. So like, I wouldn't be able to go reach back and and say you know Willie Mays or Clemente Clemente. Roberto Clemente, he's my favorite baseball player of all time. But, like, I've never seen those guys play. You know, McCovey, I've never seen those guys play. So um, I did a poll recently um, asking, you know, who is your favorite 
third baseman or who's your favorite player at each position um, that you've watched in your lifetime? And for me, you know, third base was Chipper Jones, you know, uh, definitely. But I'll tell you this, because where where you started uh, in Colorado with the Rockies and the Blue Jays, uh, you have definitely my my number one current third baseman, my favorite third baseman in the league right now in Nolan Arenado. Yeah, man, he he's something else. That guy can play. That he he is by far, I think, you know, second to Trout. I think in best baseball player in the league right now. Yeah, Trout waved at me at the Angels game. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, I had front row seats in right field and. Uh, Angel Stadium. That's and awesome. The end of the game, and every inning that he's out there, he throws a ball to the fans in the outfield, right field area. Right. And he was walking over there and saw my sign and like pointed at it and gave me a thumbs up. That's and I awesome. Yelled out, I yelled at him, I'll see you in Cleveland. And he gave me another <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, Trout, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I try to go out to uh, when the Angels – because I'm fortunate enough to where I have an American League team and a National League team in my backyard with the A's yeah, and the right Giants. Uh, so when the Angels come out, I try – because I, I, I'm a huge Trout fan. So when the Angels come out, I try to make it like a point to at least go to one of those games. Um, haven't been able right. to make it this year, but, uh, you know, coming up, I, you know, I, I just I, – I like Trout. Like when the Angels played in San Francisco a couple years ago, I definitely made a point to go out go out to uh, San Francisco and watch that one. Um but yeah, Lone Leonardo, you uh, you know you're spoiled there with uh, with the greatness there in Colorado. But then also on that game uh, with the Rockies and the Blue Jays was your first game of this journey. You got to see Vlad Jr. What what's your uh, take on on Vlad Jr. for the Blue Jays? He had a home run that game. He's gonna he's gonna be good for a while, like his dad. He... But the amount of mentorship and baseball wisdom people around him right. to hold him in his mind and how he sees and feels the game, it's like ingrained in him. And just is a really good hitter and a really good player and has a lot of youth in him and really hilarious and really good energy and enthusiasm in the dugout. Uh, yeah. I got to see him and Kevin Biggio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like crazy. You know, all, all, <laughs> all the kids of the guys that we watched growing up are now playing in the big leagues. It's crazy. It kind of ages you, too. <laughs> yeah, it does. And my friends I was with that don't go to baseball games often, I had a lot of friends come to that first game with me. Uh-huh. And most of them aren't really big baseball fans, but they're like, I like you. I want to hang out with you at the game. We'll have fun. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do is have fun at the game. Oh, yeah. And they're looking at the scoreboard like, that shit is so five years younger than me. I'm like, yeah, welcome to baseball. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so you're on, if, if my calculations is correct, you're going to ballpark number 14 tomorrow night, right, for, for Seattle? Yes, this is number 14. So out of all those ballparks, uh, what which one has been your favorite so far? The favorite. Uh, so when it comes to favorites, there's a lot of factors that are involved. There's like food, the layout, the field, just the the screen even. Like right. What what you can see on the screen. 
Um, and so far, um, my time at it's like I go to a game and then they're like, "Oh, that was my favorite," and then I go to the next one. I'm like, "That was my favorite too." Ah, oh, I gotta pick one. <laughs> um, so right now, after Petco, man, Petco is up there. Yeah. Just because of the experience I had there uh, in my time in that stadium. Um, some of my favorite ones. Uh, our Petco Giant Stadium was just amazing. The layout, of course, the atmosphere, like temperature-wise, is nice yeah. too, and will affect your judgment on the stadium itself. Right. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh, Houston, uh, Minute Maid Park surprised me. I didn't know what to think of it, and then doing the tour, and then being at the game for that night with the Brewers and uh, Astros game. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun stadium that I liked too. Um, gosh, and and that was the um, game. Uh, that was the game that went into extras, right? Um, Mustafa hit that home run. Oh, you weren't there? <laughs> no, I left around the eighth <laughs> inning because I had to sleep. Oh, well, uh, yeah, you had to drive. Uh, yeah, from Houston, you went all the way to San Francisco. That was your longest drive, right? That was my longest drive. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't blame so you, man. Glad. Be done with it. I'm surprised you made it to the eighth inning. <laughs> I would I would have been exhausted. I don't know. Like that's my question. Like when do you get sleep? Like that's insane. Um, I usually get six to seven hours of sleep. Okay. Uh, I uh, when it's a travel day, I make I tell my friends or whoever I'm staying with, I gotta get at least seven hours of sleep because they ask me when you when are you gonna leave? I'm like an hour after I get up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Because I got to go to sleep, and then I wake up, and then go get everything packed up again in the car. Right. Um, I've got I've got it down pretty well packed of the system to unpacking and repacking when I'm at a place for just one night, now, or if it's two nights. Now, how much time um, did uh did that take you to kind of plan this out, like to get that system rolling and and, uh, you know, plan out the trip and see where to go at what time and kind of see where the teams are at and if they're at home and all that kind of stuff. How long did that take you? Okay, so the first thing that really you have to work on in developing this type of thing is you got to have a start, middle, and end. Right. I wanted the middle, somewhat middle, to be the All-Star game, uh, which is July 9th. So I had right. to figure out a route where I start in Denver and somehow get my way to Cleveland mm-hmm. halfway through the summer and then move on to um, the rest of the right, <laughs> stadiums. Right. And so the system that made the most sense to me was just simply doing some of the lower, far distance ones in the West Coast and then making my way over to um making my way over to the east and midwest yeah because uh, once so you're in the east coast it's kind of just it's kind of just uh like bang 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 pretty much right it is and uh i know there are so many things to see and do in all of these cities and regions and mentally going into the trail i knew this was a baseball only <laughs> trip. right um there's so, and I'm an outdoorsy person, and I'm driving through up 
up here in the northwest like i want to go up that mountain so bad um because i like hiking a bunch and yeah. uh so no driving through uh, oregon is a is a really nice uh really nice drive i've done it once because uh, i have i have family up in uh surrey bc in uh, canada so i did the drive uh, from up here all the way um up there through portland through seattle all that and uh, yeah, when we drove through Oregon, that was just a beautiful, beautiful drive. Yeah, that was a lot of trees. Oh yeah. Very nice. <laughs> um. So bottom line up front, it took me four days to make a route. Okay. Uh, I printed off all the schedules, uh, and highlighted all the home games for every single team between May thirty first and August fifth or sixth. Right. Um. That was my time frame. Uh, and imagine your living room floor covered with 30 pages of schedules. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. So what, what you do is logically you group them in regions right. and you find some sort of route where you can go from one to the other without too much backtracking. Right. And that, oh man, there were many times I'm looking at it like there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it, it's like a 3d puzzle. Uh, of life um yeah and and i got a route i made i found a route i wanted atlanta to be the last one and uh i figured out a day that would be good on their schedule that would work and it's working so far together nice Uh, yeah no that's uh that's awesome man like you're you're pretty much living the dream because i've always wanted to do what you're doing uh, just never had the time, but I guess, you know, eventually I just got to buckle down and, and make the time and, and the effort for it. Cause I, I want to yeah. see, you know, more, more ballparks than I've seen. Cause really the only ballparks that I've been to have been, uh, 18 or yeah, there I go. AT&T again. AT&T. Um, Giant but, yeah. Giant stadium, uh, the Coliseum, Dodger stadium, angel stadium. Um, I haven't been to Petco and I haven't been to – it used to be Safeco, but I think now it's – I don't even know what yeah. it's called now. It's T-Mobile now. Oh, T-Mobile Park, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I haven't even hit all the ones on the on the West Coast, let alone the East Coast. My, my dream is – and I'm going to ask you kind of the same question. My dream is to, is to hit up Wrigley and Fenway, which, you know, I think that's every every kid that's, a, that's, a, that's in love with the sport of baseball. I mean, those are the cathedrals of baseball, so to speak. So, so yeah. I mean, what is what is your most anticipated stadium uh, to see if you haven't seen it already? Uh, looking forward, I was looking forward to Giants because so many people talked about it, right? And I heard about it so much and seeing when the Braves play there and other iconic games in Giants history, World Series and whatnot, and I was like, I want to actually see what it's like to be on that wall and with the ocean bay yeah. right there. Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. What does that feel like and smell and uh, and just take it in with my own eyes? Um, that was a big stadium I really wanted to see. Um, the other ones, um, I am looking forward to Chicago and Fenway and Boston. Right. Because when I go to Chicago, I'm actually going to White Sox versus Cubs. Oh, nice. Uh, at, yeah, at White Sox Stadium. Nice. Um, and uh, then when I go to uh, um, when 
to go to Fenway, it's going to be a Red Sox versus Yankees game. Nice. So you're so you're getting the feel of the rivalry when you're checking out the ballparks too. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I, I did not plan that. That's uh-huh. just hap- It just happened to be the day that they were playing them, and I'm like, oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's perfect. It was meant to be. Yeah. Um, meant to be. Yeah. Um, Right. Then I have the aspect of how in the world do I get tickets to the All-Star game? I've never been to an All-Star game. None of my friends have. I don't know how to do that. So, so are you going? I have to figure that out. Yeah, I got tickets. Nice. So are you going to Home Run Derby and all that, or are you just going to the yep. actual game? I'm going to Home Run Derby. Uh, I'm going to All-Star game. I got uh, um, – I got the tickets. I got a ticket strip. Nice, man. Yeah, the Home Run Derby should actually be uh, pretty exciting. They don't have a full roster yet, but from what I've heard, it's uh, Pete Alonzo from the Mets and then uh, Vlad Jr., which I'm a huge fan, so Vlad Jr.'s in it, and then uh, Christian Yelich is in it too. So uh, you have some big oh, big boppers in it. They released it? They released who's playing? Uh, they, they, they haven't released the full roster, but they've released a couple of them uh, for – for the home run derby, but yeah, for for the all star game, they released the ros- the rosters. The voting ended uh, last week, so right. I saw the final rosters with the uh, reserve players and the pitchers. Yeah, so I mean that's exciting. You know, I've never been to an all star game either. Uh, I want to, I wanted to when it, when it was uh, here in San Francisco, uh, but I didn't I didn't get the chance to go to that. And then I wanted to a couple years back when it was in San Diego because it was closer. And, uh, yeah, so I hope you, you enjoy yourself. Uh, it should be really fun uh, from what I've heard. And, I mean, you get to see all the stars in one place at one time. You got Mike Trout, Christian Yellers, Nolan Arenado, Aaron Judge, Mookie Bet. I mean, you just name them, you know. So, yeah, they're all there. So, and, yeah. Uh, my seats are, unfortunately, really, really high. Okay. So, um, I'm going to try to get where they can see my sign because several of those players <laughs> have seen my sign Yeah. Now. Well, definitely good luck with that. All right, Brian. Well, you know, I appreciate you uh, coming on to the show, and I'll let you get back to your driving, to your uh, to your travels. Hope you have safe travels, get to Seattle safe, and talk to you soon, man. Cool. Thank you so much. Uh, y'all have a good one. And just as a reminder, that was Brian Barrett out of Denver, Colorado. He is doing big things. You can follow him on Instagram, Coach B Crazy, or you can follow him on the hashtag. You, you can look him up, CDTLH, which stands for Chicks Dig the Long Haul. So, um, you know, that's great that he's doing that, just setting out and doing it. Um, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to go to ballparks, to see other things, to see Wrigley. Definitely, I'm so jealous that he's going to go to Wrigley this summer and uh, hit up Fenway. He's going to be in Fenway for the the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry. So that uh, is going to be exciting. I'm definitely going to check in with him on that game. So, um, you know, uh, he has inspired me. I hope he has inspired you guys to just go out there and take chances um, because what's the worst thing that could happen? So with that, I'm going to drop it there. You guys have a good one. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And later on this week, we will dive into some more baseball. We have some good uh, baseball early on in the week. If um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, I'm recording Monday night, but you're probably listening to uh, to it on the Tuesday commute. But uh, Monday night right now, as, this, as the score goes, um, 
You know, we have the Blue Jays against the Royals. The Royals uh, got destroyed on Canada Day. So the Blue Jays, I mean, they rightfully so should have won on Canada Day. Happy birthday, Canada. Blue Jays won uh, powered past the Royals 11-4. And also the Reds. They are winning against the Brewers in the bottom of the sixth, 3-1. And the Rays are up on the Royals, 2-1 at the end of the fifth. And the Pirates, they're up 10-4 against the Cubbies. Giants have yet to play against the Padres. Um, they got the young, the young man, uh, Logan Allen, going for the Padres. He's on my fantasy team, by the way, so... Uh, you know, if he's going to do good against somebody, do it good against, uh, against the Giants, I guess. But uh, Jeff Samarja is going for the Giants. We'll see if he can uh, up his trade stock tonight. But later on in the week, if you're not uh, up for those matchups, you still also have the, the Marlins and the Nationals. you got the Red Sox and the Blue Jays um, later on this week. And then you have the Yankees and the Mets, the Subway Series. That's always a good watch. Uh, first game is on Tuesday James Paxton against Zach Wheeler. Uh, so that'll always be a good watch. And then a battle for the NL East, the Phillies and the Braves. That one is always going to be good. Uh, we'll see if Dallas Keuchel, who is now 1-1 one one, sporting a 5.06 ERA, we'll see if Dallas Keuchel could uh, pay dividends for the, for the Atlanta Braves as he takes on Aaron Nola for the Phillies, who is 6-2 with a 4.22 ERA. And then the Rockies and Astros, they are kicking it off in Colorado. Um, so that is going to be offense left and right. So um, you saw the London series. It's gonna. This is going to be the American version uh, with the Rockies and the Astros. <laughs> so uh, and then to wrap it off, uh, you got the Cardinals and the Mariners. That is where Brian is going to be on Tuesday night before he heads over to Minnesota. That's going to be a great series with the Minnesota Twins uh, surprise team and another surprise team with three all-star selections with Hunter Pence, Joey Gallo, and Mike Miner with the Texas Rangers. So, um, But that isn't until after the 4th. So if I, guys, if I don't talk to you guys before the 4th, I hope you guys have a great holiday. Be safe out there. And I will definitely talk to you guys as soon as I can. Um, but before I end this podcast, I just want to share my condolences with the rest of MLB. Um, it's been piling in um, since I got the notification. Tyler Skaggs had passed away at the age of 27, a uh, young pitcher for the the Angels. Um, I got the notification right as I was starting the podcast. Um, so I didn't want to end this podcast without you know, sharing my condolences. Um, it's a sad, it's a sad day for baseball. You know, it's a sad day. Anytime that we lose anyone on this earth, um, you know, think back to Jose Fernandez when we lost him in the, uh, boating accident. Um, you know, we lost Luis Valbuena not, not too long ago. Um, actually I, I believe it was, it was last year. Um, you know, before that we lost Giordano Ventura. And even before that, you know, it was Oscar Tavares, the uh, young outfielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. So uh, whenever anything like this happens, you know, it's it's always a sad day. So uh, I just wanted to end the podcast on that note. Um, just give a moment of silence for the Los Angeles Angels organization and definitely for uh, the family of Tyler Skaggs. And again, thank you all for listening, and as always... 
Go Giants.